In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hello, I'm Anchor Pete, and welcome to our first installment of Midnight Mass. This is the uh, first Friday in ordinary time, and uh, <laughs> I don't have my ordinary co-host. I have my ordinary co-host from my own channel, Sherry T, from the Anchor Pete channel. I usually have Danny, but my wife and I just watched episode one of Midnight Mass. Sherry, how are you doing tonight? Good. That's the quietest opening I've ever seen you give. I, I know, right? I usually am like yelling at the camera. Yeah. Like I'm like yeah. some 15 year old, right? Yeah, I'm confused. Well, I'm, I'm pretty tired. But <laughs> here's here's the deal, guys. Um, on the last cast, when it comes to shows that are released by Netflix, where they're in these big blasts and it's all eight episodes, seven episodes at once, we just like to take them apart piece by piece and just do maybe one episode review at a time or maybe review two episodes at a time. So for tonight, Sherry and I are just talking about episode one of Midnight Mass, which was entitled Book One, Genesis. So you noticed a trend with all the episode titles, didn't you, Sherry? Yeah, I couldn't help but notice they're all, most of them were named after books of the Bible. Yeah. Everything's Catholic, right? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, Sherry and I were both raised Catholic, and besides the actual church service in the show, what other religious stuff? Did you notice throughout the whole episode? I'm just going to hit you with that question right away, you know? I mean, why is this called Midnight Mass, first of all? I don't know. I don't know. There was no Midnight Mass in episode one. I assume there's one coming, and it's going to be important. Um, Midnight Mass is typically the Mass that's said on Christmas Eve at midnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, You don't think that just... It it wasn't Christmas time, so some time's going to pass, I guess. You don't think that just because Midnight Mass sounds cool? That's, that's why they picked it. It's alliterative. It does sound cool. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do think, I, I did a little research on Mike Flanagan Ooh. that was raised Catholic and was an altar boy. Okay. So I assume he would come up with a title like Midnight Mass and have a reason for it. Yeah. I don't think he's just making it up, you know? Okay. Well, in that research, you might have seen that like this has been a passion project for Mike Flanagan for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. He's wanted to make Midnight Mass for a while. And um, it's actually even referenced in previous movies and stuff. What is? Midnight Mass. Like, for instance, uh, Kate Siegel, his wife, who's in this show, she plays an author in this movie, Hush, which we reviewed on this channel. And it's a great movie, right? It's a great thriller. She's an author, and the book that she wrote was Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And, I mean, and that's just one reference. Here's the deal, right? Sherry and I, we're going to do our best to review the show based on what we saw. But when you watch Danny's reviews, I am sure that he will give you all the Flanagan references you could possibly ever wish for. You know, Danny, and then you remember when Chris was on the channel, they were, they're just like devout Flanagan fans. So they know all the info. Nice term. Nice choice of wording. Um, I think we should say that Mike Flanagan created, wrote, directed this whole series, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that's important. Just like he did for Hill House and uh, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blind Manor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is distinctly different from those two, wouldn't you say? I mean, I don't know if it's distinct. I mean, I feel like there's there's a similar like feel or tone. Mm-hmm. The setting is very different. I just feel like this was such a like ensemble thing with all these different characters, whereas there's multiple characters in both of those shows, but they're pretty much like a single family, right? In in both cases. In Hill House, yeah. Um, but Hill House is definitely an ensemble though. Right, right, there's a ton of characters, but they're all united by being a family. Okay, but it's still so many people. Yeah, whereas this is a 
you know, a town, right? Okay, town. okay, but it's only dozens, as they pointed out. Um, it's not that many people. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm wondering how many people are in the school because I haven't seen hardly any children. There's three teenagers. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering about the population here. But they referenced several times that this is a dying town. People are leaving it. It's rare for anyone to move there. People don't even put their houses up for sale. They just leave. And I want to say that I really liked the setting. I thought the you town did? was really cool mm -hmm. and interesting and memorable and unique. Mm -hmm. I, it reminded me a little bit of Bodega Bay and the birds, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, which mm. is a compliment. I really like that small seaside town thing. Mm -hmm. Only this was more like kind of a rotting town. Right, right. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that was great. That was one of my favorite things about this so far. Yeah, I agree. I think we even talked about that while we were watching it, right? That you were saying that the shots, you know, the actual cinematography of the show was really good. You like the way it looked in general. Sure, sure, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing with Flanagan. You watch our reviews. We've pretty much covered, like, everything of him besides, like, Ouija 2 or whatever on this channel. We've covered, like, every Mike Flanagan thing. And um, we always talk about how just beautiful his stuff looks. It's in particular, you know, Hill House and Doctor Sleep and now this. Um, but I was going to ask you... Um, did this remind you of Block Island Sound at all? Yeah, because it's the yeah. small islands thing going on. Right. And like this like kind of prodigal son thing. Yeah. This guy returning. Like in Block Island Sound, was he returning? Or is he just a drinker? I kind of forget yeah. what, what the deal was with that main character, but he drank all the time. So he and he even kind of looks like this actor. Yeah. That actor looks like this actor right. a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about Block Island Sound, right? Is that yes, there is a brother that lives with the dad. Right, mm -hmm. and the dad's a fisherman, just like I think that Henry Thomas is a fisherman in this, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he has a sister that like comes to visit them, who I don't think lives on that island, right? Right. So there's similarities. There's definitely that feeling of you're coming back to your isolated area. You know, I you're I, coming back to your past. I mean, these are people who probably tried to escape their past, who left, and now they have to come back for various reasons, usually family. Yeah. Well, speaking of family and uh, coming back to your past, I, I grew up on an island. I mean. It's not really like an island like this, you know, it's actually Staten Island. Which one <laughs> it's of, not an island like this at all. Well, it, it is though. You take a ferry to get from there to, to Manhattan, right? Okay, that's true. There's a ferry. And there's, there's bridges though, it's right? It's like, like the largest ferry button. Yeah. Is it the largest ferry in the world, the Staten Island Ferry? Probably not, but you know, it, it is pretty big. And there's multiple ferries, right? There's only two on this island in this show, uh, a Crockett Island, right? But what I'm trying to say is, is that, um, you know, I grew up on Staten Island. Obviously, there's hundreds of thousands of people that live there, not 127. But I could relate to this main character coming back home to this island where everybody knows each other and everybody knows each other's business and their family's business. And uh, I even know that experience of like going back to church with my family, even though I haven't been there for a while. And I, I actually really liked that scene. For me, it really did feel like the midway point of the show on was when it got better. I actually had a little bit of difficulty with it in the first half. What about you? I don't know. I don't know when there was any point for me. Um, I, I was definitely curious when the priest came back to the house and he has that big trunk and something knocks on the trunk, right? And yeah. we still don't know what that was or what was going on there yeah that was the a... priest seems like the nicest guy in the world right so far but he's got to be something bad don't you think i do yeah um but he seems great so far 
<laughs> yeah, well, they showed that trunk open at one point, right? It looked like maybe there was like some water inside of it or, it or like dirt. Water to me. I couldn't tell. Right? Yeah, it was like yeah. a bird's eye view. So right, right. Um, yeah, obviously there's going to be something sinister with him, right? Because I don't think we're on much of a plot if that's not the case. I do want to say, though, some things I noticed were that um, we have a couple of people ailing. We have a person in a wheelchair. We have um, an elderly woman with some sort of Alzheimer's. And I'm expecting some miracles from this new priest, personally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think... I don't, I don't know what all this show's about. I know that he does horror. So... Yeah. But I, think... I, I am expecting... Yeah, well, I mean, you, you do see things in the trailer, and I mean, there's a girl in a wheelchair, right? That's sitting right in the aisle. Do of, they show in the trailer? Um, and I'm not gonna tell you, just in case. The trailer gives these things away. The trailer like hints at something very heavily. Okay. Yeah, but uh, the first half, what I didn't really like about the first half, which was making it difficult for me to get in, you had this really great opening with this car accident sequence and. You know, Mike Flanagan does a really good job of using ghosts as like a metaphor for like guilt or trauma. And there's this kind of ghostly figure. I don't think it is a ghost, but it's just this thing that's haunting the main character. Yeah, it's in his mind. Yeah. Did you like that? The, the it image? It reminded me a lot of Hill House. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because they were like very specific looking ghosts. They had specific effects. And this ghost has kind of like a caved in head and that like lights flashing and you kind of see the light coming through her eyes too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was very well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, the girl he hit in the hit and run. Yeah. And I think that was a great line of dialogue in that opening scene, that prologue scene. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to correct myself. It wasn't a hit and run. He was there. Oh, right. Right. But um, that, that prologue scene was pretty great because, you know, first of all, the very first image you see is like a Jesus fish. And it kind of like lights up and then it you know pulls back and we see that it's on a car and i think that that was his car i think it was his Jesus car fish, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right and so then when he sees that the girl whose car he hit died he starts saying the our father and then the cop interrupts him and he's like you know while you're doing that can you also ask him why he takes kids but he only gives drunks like scratches mm -hmm. and i feel like that was like what sealed his atheism right there that line okay maybe so yeah maybe so yeah he says while he's in prison he tried to like get into religion and nothing stuck right and he tried multiple religions and he comes from a very religious family oh yeah yeah he was an altar boy himself mm -hmm. i guess he's the mike flanagan character yeah i think so and um just what's kind of unfortunate is that i feel like there's a lot a lot of exposition between that scene and the um the scene at the church for the mass, the first mass. Yeah. Yeah, you know, especially the mom, like his mom. So the, the character, the main character's name is Riley Flynn. His mom almost seems like an exposition engine. She's just like talking about the island and, yeah, you know, she mentions how there's two ferries and then she says how there was like an oil spill. And My little brother, who's like a teenager, also does a lot of exposition. Oh, yeah. I mean, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I guess I, <laughs> I don't really mind it as much as you because I feel like you have to like inform the yeah, viewer somehow. I, there, are, there are a lot of ways to inform the viewer, but it's pretty yeah. common to do it through dialogue. Yeah, I agree. I, I think th for me, the best way is like when things are implied and you just kind of pick them up gradually. I know, I know. And, and the thing I is, know, I agree. with a series with seven episodes, you think that you can kind of draw it out and let people draw their conclusions. But I think that because it's such a big cast of characters, 
you do kind of need that exposition. But I, I like one of the things that was so great about um, Haunting of Hill House is that each episode kind of focused on a specific member of the family. Mm-hmm. And I think that this show could definitely benefit from let's just focus on this one person. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. We've only watched one episode. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if then it was about Mrs. Keene, who I thought that was kind of an interesting character. She reminded me. Do you know who that is? Mrs. Keene. She's the one who's like kind of correcting everyone and like very straight laced and um, helping the priest, telling him he's wearing the wrong garments. Oh, Bev Keene. Yeah. That's her, her name's Beverly Keene. Yeah. Well, I said Mrs. Keene, but right, like. Right, right. Um, I think it'd be interesting if there's an episode about her and what's her story. Yeah. Um, of course, Mike Flanagan's wife, pregnant wife, what's her story? Right. Yeah. Erin Green is the her. The sheriff name. is going to be important. You're right. Sher- um, yeah. Sheriff Hassan. Right. So they could do a different person per episode. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. It seems like there's a main character. Yeah. Th- there is. There is grief connected to each of these characters too, right? It looks like Sheriff Hassan's wife is dead. Right. There's some kind of story like you were just alluding to with uh, Aaron Green's like infant. Like she, she keeps calling the infant Littlefoot, which I think is cute. It's like a never ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, not never ending. No, never, not never ending. Land Before Time. There you go. I'm getting my 80s movies messed up there. I've never seen that. So what? You're, you're sparing yourself in tremendous depression. Like, like my mom showed that movie to my kids like, two years ago and like I just heard the music from it and I was like gushing tears because of that movie. Jenny Nicholson watched all 14 during lockdown. Yeah, that, that's limited. Apparently there's 14 land before time. No, nah, I just the first one, that's all you need and like, you know, you just your heart gets crushed. Okay, so is Littlefoot a character in Land Before Time? She, yeah, that's the Brontosaurus. He's okay. the main guy. Okay, it sounded like an Indian tribe name to me. Well, you know, the Brontosaurus, they kind of had their own thing going on. We're digressing. Yes, yes. Okay, we are digressing. So, the, obviously, these characters have backstories. And the thing is, is that there's multiple actors that are young actors but are wearing makeup, right? Yeah. You, you didn't like that, huh? No, that bothered me. I, I'd rather just cast people to be the age that they're supposed to be on the show. Just cast the right people. I know Mike Flanagan has his favorites and he wants to stick with them. But yeah. it's distracting to me to see, like, people with fake wrinkles and... yeah. You know, I know Henry Thomas is that old. Right. Um, and also whoever's playing the mom, I can tell she's not that old. Right. Whoever's playing the old lady with Alzheimer's is not that old. I mean, I can see the fake makeup and that just sort of bothers me. I don't feel like that's necessary. You can just cast someone the right age. Yeah. So well, it's a little distracting. Like Henry Thomas plays the young version of the dad in Hill House. And then the modern day version of the dad is, uh, what's his face? Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton, right? So that's two different actors right there. I know. You know, and this, yeah, I, I feel the same way, especially when I see um, Michael Truco. He was in Hush, but he's also from Battlestar Galactic, and he's playing the mayor in this. And I'm like, oh, I'm so used to him being this virile young guy. I'm sure we're going to see it in the flashback. You know, we're going to see all these characters. You think there's going to be a lot of flashbacks coming? Oh, yeah. Okay, we haven't oh, yeah. had any yet. I mean, why would they have these people as, like, elderly people? I, I hope so. Like, I'm just saying there hasn't been any yet. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that maybe we might have like a few, at least one flashback episode, but probably multiple flashback sequences or episodes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going on for a little bit. Why don't we talk about kind of the creepy imagery and stuff? Okay. You know, what did you think? We had to rewind in that sequence in the, uh, what they call it, the uppers, right? 
That, that's sort of the, that upper part of the island. Like a little island off the island. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think of that sequence? I wasn't scared. You, you weren't scared with like the cat eyes kind of poking out from the shrubbery? Were you? No, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared with anything in this at all. But um, there was one cool moment where the kid kind of looks in the bushes and there's it's almost like signs at the birthday party where there's something there, and, but it's just like a shape. And it has these glowing kind of eyes. That, that didn't get you, huh? Mm -mm. I thought it was cool. Okay. I did think there were some creepy things. That didn't really bother me. I mean, obviously, that's gonna that's alluding to something. There's something there, right? Yeah. Um, and all the cats. As soon as they were talking about all the cats, I knew that there'd be issue with cats. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that they'd all be dead at the end of the first episode, but there's some deal with cats. Yeah, and then they the the son who was also like a little exposition machine. He said something about people being buried at that part of the island, and that like when there's a storm, uh, their remains would wash up on the other part of the island, mm -hmm. right? I, I like that little detail because I grew up near Galveston Island in Texas, right. and that is a thing. Like um, the the land isn't that deep because it's an island, and so bodies float up. Yeah, and sometimes get loose oh boy that's fun right that's just kind of creepy and you know inherently right it's yeah that would happen in new orleans right yeah, yeah. similar problem yeah um i mean the the cat thing too like just all the cats on the beach that kind of actually reminded me of block island sound too right because there's like dead things kind of end up on the beach obviously there's like some kind of bad omen oh and then there was that sequence where uh riley goes because he thinks that the original priest is out on the shore and he's like chasing after him in the rain yeah that was intriguing i'm yeah. curious what's going on there a ghost i yeah. don't know or or some sort of image to lure him out there i don't know yeah. um i was intrigued with that yeah so i mean i guess we'll see you know um I, the thing i'm most intrigued with is the priest who is he and what is his deal oh yeah yeah i'm really that's that's what i would come back for is to find out what he's going to do yeah uh mike flanagan obviously has worked with Stephen King multiple times. He's very influenced by Stephen King. He's adapted his movies uh, multiple times and uh, adapted his books multiple times. Um, there's one Stephen King story that was a miniseries called Storm of the Century where there was kind of like an evil preacher. And I think he like kind of, or there was like an evil guy that essentially like took over this town. And I think he was a preacher too. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. And then um, I know that Mike Flanagan was going to, direct this one Stephen King um, book called Revival. Mm -hmm. And that's about a preacher too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he kind of becomes this corrupt character too. Are you saying he's ripping off Stephen King? No, but with Mike Flanagan, it does kind of feel like where, where does the Stephen King part and the Mike Flanagan part begin? He's, he's like very intermeshed with Stephen King. Okay, but to be fair, he, like I said, he did grow up Catholic and was an altar boy. So this right. is his background sure, as well. Sure. Maybe he's attracted to the religious aspects of Stephen King's work because right. of his own background. I agree. Um, and then just like one last thing on that part too. Uh, Samantha Sloyan plays that Bev Keen woman. Mm -hmm. She's from another uh, Flanagan film. She's from Hush as well. But uh, she's playing a very Stephen King type character, I felt. I felt like Bev was very much a Stephen King character. I think she could be a really interesting character. Yeah. Like one of those, it's usually like a female character that's very religious and sort of. She's real uptight. Yeah, and the, the fun thing is watching them unravel, right? People right. like that. So she's probably going to have some scene or issue like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I mean, that that's kind of everything. We're just talking about one episode of the show, right? So unless you have anything else to add, I think we can just kind of call it a night. Uh, overall, were you are you looking forward to uh, watching this series? That's a very good question to ask me. Um, look, I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I know our channel is called The Lasser Cast. I know we are big Mike Flanagan fans. I still am. But I can't say that I was as sucked in as I was for um, Hill House, based on just the first episode of Hill House. And I didn't feel as strongly about Bly Manor, but I would say that this is a third for me, too. So um, A third what? Like, if I was ranking those three, is three shows. And you can't rank it yet, though, because it's you've only seen one episode, you know? Right, but, right. But let's not do it that disservice, but you're not feeling it right now. Not yet. Okay. But I, I do think that there's absolutely potential. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to watch the rest. Yeah. See, for me, I didn't think Hill House started out with a bang or anything. Mm. Like, I, I got much more sucked in the more I watched. Yeah. And I would give this more of a chance and watch at least an episode or two, two or three more episodes to see how I feel. Okay. And, and I suspect I might get drawn in by then. Okay. Um, because I am intrigued. Oh, well, good. Well, then maybe you can watch some more with me, and maybe you might come on and do another review with me. Maybe I will. Maybe. Mm. But Danny is going to cover at least episode two. Maybe he'll do two and three. And uh, the, the fact is that for the next week or maybe two weeks, you're going to get a lot of Midnight Mass reviews on the Laster cast. Okay? So um, just before I go, I just want to plug the fact that I interviewed Joe Lansdale on Monday, and I popped that interview up on this channel. So if you are a fan of Joe Lansdale, please go check out that video. He was fantastic. And I don't want to spoil who Danny and I just interviewed tonight because it was kind of shocking we got to interview this guy too. But I will give you a little clue as to who we might have interviewed. Ready? If this this could be the clue right here, okay? So, um, yeah. Oh, anyway. All right. So, anyway, just if you want to know what the hell I'm talking about, like and subscribe to the channel. And we will be here to talk about more Midnight Mass soon.